for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the Masters Class. And here we are with our Masters of the Ring, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry, Bully Ray. Gentlemen, how are you guys today? Awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. Nice. Tommy, do you have a one-word description? Okay. Here okay. we go. This is what I like. Here we go. I'm okay. And what we're going to be talking about on the Masters Class for this week is biggest breakout moment in the history of pro wrestling. I think we saw one recently on AEW Rampage with Wheeler Yuta. So it got us thinking about biggest breakout moments of all time. So that's exactly what we're going to do where a moment took a particular wrestler and took them to a completely different height and changed not only the course of their career, but maybe could have changed the landscape in pro wrestling at that time. So, Tommy, let's start with you, Mr. Tommy Dreamer. Biggest breakout moment. Man, I seriously had to do a deep, deep dive into this because there's been so many amazing career breakout moments for everyone. But I thought about one in particular, and I have a lot of reasons for it. And the one that I really, really think of is also everything is right place, right time. And this person did it in the world's most famous arena. And I want to say it was Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. And when Kofi stood on top of the rafters and put Randy Orton through a table, I said, this guy could be a standout singles guy. And everybody celebrated their love of Kofi. And I just viewed Kofi and I've known Kofi since, indies before and then while in wwe and i just never thought of him as the guy and when he did that i remember just hitting him up and being like dude that's a groundbreaking moment for you they have to run with you now and he was just like thanks man felt great but it it struck a great chord with me just because of of him you know, being in the audience, having a great match. But then it was, you know, when you, you become an anointed guy or a made man in the WWE, it's, it's life-changing. It's life-changing for the rest of your life, your existence, your history, uh, financially. They didn't run with him 
at that moment, but his career really took off up until then when we saw, you know, Kofi mania explode, but it was just a defining moment where everybody, when I say everybody, the fans, everybody was celebrating Kofi and it was just an amazing moment. And then I wanted to, you know, I didn't know I was going first, but I wanted to throw it to everyone here. Like, and I'll give you time to think about it. What was your moment? Like bully Mark and you Dave too. For me, I knew my moment was when I pile drove Beulah and I hit my pose and I'm bloody. I get out of that ring and I just went over that guardrail. I had struggled as a babyface to get over and like just my arms outreached and everybody chanting ECW. I knew that was a moment for me. And when I came back, you know, I've, I've told the story, Paul hugged me like a child. He's like, you did it. You did it. Like, I'm so proud of you. And that was the same reaction I got for Kofi for it's he's there. And it just, if they see that in him, what 26,000 people in Madison square garden are seeing, that's it. But so for you guys, what was your moment where you felt for your career bully Mark, you know what? Um, I just saw bully sneeze. He just launched about $1,100 out of his nose. Uh, wow. wow. That's a moment. <laughs> That's a moment. Mr. Sugar Booger. Uh, I, you know what, man? Like, I think the that the first, part. my first moment was the, the thing that launched me. Uh, me being in the crowd in San Antonio and uh, uh, Jake Roberts getting liquor poured on down his throat when he was supposed to be in rehab and cleaning his life up and Jerry Lawler um, feeling like, you know what? It's all a work. You, you bullshitting us, Jake. I'm going to give you what you want. And he started pouring liquor down his throat. When I jumped the guardrail and went to rescue Jake, and it set up that moment for me and Lawler at my first match on TV was a pay-per-view. Uh, that that was the precursor. That was the moment that people were like, oh, shit, like Mark Henry is in the ring. And um, my existence was different than a lot of people's because I was not a wrestler. I was a fan of wrestling that had a lot of notoriety and had been a, a, a celebrity and a, a athlete before. So it was different. It wasn't a wrestler, really a wrestling moment. It was a, a fan moment that turned me into a wrestler. Bully. Um, for me as a professional, I have been lucky enough to have a couple of different defining moments that stick out for me. The first being is, the night uh, me and Devon first officially got together and hit the very first 3D in the ECW arena on, on Spike and the Sandman. Um, then once we moved up to the WWE, it was the tables match against the Hardys at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden um, when I was in TNA and, you know, kind of reinvented myself as Bully Ray and was able to defeat Jeff Hardy in the cage in San Antonio at lockdown and do that run. So I've been lucky enough to have moments for myself that stood out that I considered defining moments. But as a fan, I, I remember watching something on Monday Night Raw that's very obscure, but I've never forgotten it. And it involved Santino Morella and the Milan Miracle. 
And I remember sitting at my, uh, you know, this is when I was still fully immersed in the wrestling business full time as a wrestler. And I kept up on all of the other products while I was still in uh, TNA at the time. And I was at my kitchen table on my computer and I always had Monday Night Raw, you know, playing on the in the background. And I remember lifting my head up because whatever was going on on that screen really caught my attention. And I don't remember the particulars of the, the, the segment, but I remember Santino being in the front row and coming over the guardrail and getting the upset win. And that just always stood with me by, if you can create the right scenario in the right moment in time and have the right people involved, anything can get over. And that moment in time really got over. Now, did Santino Morella become a Kofi Kingston or become a Mark Henry or any other legendary superstar with that who could carry the ball? No, but that moment propelled him into um, a career in which he spent a lot of time in the WWE, several years there. He was incredibly entertaining, if not one of the most entertaining guys that ever stepped foot in a ring. One of the guys that could always pop the boys, uh, always get a, you know, a reaction from the fans and just be put in any type of scenario. If you needed Santino to be a serious wrestler, he actually could be because he's a legit wrestler. And if you needed him to be the entertaining guy with the snake and whatever other, you know, happy horse shit he would do, he could do. It was very entertaining and it was a, it was a defining moment for Santino Morella, but it stood out in my mind as a defining moment in sports entertainment. Uh, I agree. I agree. Cobra, not the snake, duh. Cobra, snake, whatever. <laughs> what kind of snake would you be, Tommy? <laughs> I don't know. King snake. <laughs> Because king snakes eat all other snakes. Be an anaconda. Be a really fat snake. I'd be the snake that's like sitting in the river that ate the deer, and you just they take a picture. Look what he just ate. Yeah, and then he doesn't move for a month because he's just digesting the deer, and he becomes very sloth-like. Wow. Continue. <laughs> Mark, for you as a fan, that that defining moment for a wrestler. You know what? Um it's not really a Wheeler Utah, uh, Santino Morella story. What I'm going to tell you guys that struck me, um, journeyman wrestler, uh, luchador, uh, cruiserweight, a lot of matches and tags, um, but was not the main guy. And for whatever reason, Rey Mysterio started getting matches uh, against the best guys because he was such a good worker. And then all of a sudden, bam, he wins the world heavyweight championship. And it changed the trajectory of his career. It changed the way people viewed him. It made him a major player and he went on to face people like John Cena, Mark Henry, the Big Show, the Randy Orton's of the world, Batista, all of the biggest, best guys, regardless of size, he always had a 50-50 match because he had so much offense. He had the, the people believed and bought in, were emotionally invested, in him telling that story of 
this small guy trying to not only just survive, but how is he going to beat this guy? This guy is four times his size. How? And it would happen. And it captivated us as talents. But more than anything, it captivated the fans. And everybody knows who Rey Mysterio is. One of the things about Ray, guys that are smaller, like a Mysterio or a Spike Dudley or other, any other undersized guys working with guys three, four times their size, it, it, it goes back to psychology. It goes back to how you put a match together. Anything can be believable if you put it together the right way. Is there any way in hell that Ray Mysterio can legitimately beat the big show? If the big show slips and cracks his head on something and Rey Mysterio can get on top of him for three seconds and the referee counts. Yeah, absolutely. There's a way to do everything. And that's the beauty of this art form. I will I, never you, you know how he beat me, bully. I Tell was, me again. I was the meanest, nastiest son of a bitch. Not you. Oh, yeah. This, this guy you're talking to now, it wasn't him. I I got Ray Mysterio. I got a chair. After all the whooping I gave him, I was gonna hit him with a chair. And he fed up on the ropes and he's pulling himself, and I'm going to hit him with the chair. And I swing the chair, he moves out the way. I hit the chair on the ropes, hit myself in the head, and then he gives me a West Coast pop. I crawl in for the to the to the bottom rope, hits the rope behind me. Six one nine. Penis splash, bing, and one, two, three, hit me with like five things. So it, it, the story we told was he couldn't just go, he wasn't going to beat me with one thing. He, it had to be a, a succession of things. And you have to tell those stories. And uh, that's that was one of the one of the places where Ray was so brilliant, even before he became champion. He was a storyteller. And he always told the story, it's just that it got to the point that where if you had a match with Rey Mysterio, you better have some tricks. You better have some things because he's going to make you look bad. And if he can make all of the best guys look bad, you got to put the championship on him. And his credit to his work and credit to his psychology. And that led to his biggest uh, breakout moment. Um, for me, guys, uh, it's one that we've discussed so many times right here on Busted Open, and I've talked about it with all three of you, and that is in November of 2018, Nia Jax on Monday Night Raw punching Becky Lynch in the face. Mm. Now, was it accidental? I think recently uh, she's, she said it was deliberate. I don't know what the truth is, but I know that that wasn't planned to happen. If you remember, was SmackDown versus Raw was leading to Survivor Series, and Becky Lynch was a heel, and Becky Lynch at the time was part of that original four horsewomen from NXT, but at that moment in time, she wasn't nearly as successful as Sasha had been, or Bailey had been, or Charlotte had been. She was definitely behind in her progression when it came to who was getting pushed heavily on the main roster. And that one punch changed it all. If you look at it, it completely changed the landscape of women's wrestling in the WWE. Right after that, the fans got behind her. 
If you remember in, in the story with Charlotte Flair, Charlotte was the baby face and Becky was the heel. Nobody wanted to boo Becky. They switched it and it led to the main event at WrestleMania 35. I don't think guys, if Nia Jax, if Nia Jax never punched Becky Lynch in the face and it, listen, it was brutal. It broke her nose. It caused a concussion. And I, but I don't think if that Nia Jax punch ever happened in 2018, I don't know if we'd even have that women's main event at WrestleMania 35. Not only that, Dave, but if you don't get the shot of them her in the crowd wiping the blood, yep, like you you don't get that. It was it was lightning striking all over the place because she was able to being involved in a situation where she was actually in the crowd with the fans as she was bleeding and as the, you know, the shot was going off on her. If that would have been another regular match and they were been in the middle of the ring and she rolled out to the floor and they went to a commercial or they, they went off the air with a finish right there, you still wouldn't have got that. It's, it's an iconic image, Mark, and it's a great point by you. It's up there with some of the most iconic images in pro wrestling. It's, yeah. it's you know, you think of Stone Cold with the Crimson Mask against Bret Hart. You think of Jimmy Superfly Snooker at the top of the cage in Madison Square Garden. And you think of a bloody Becky Lynch, you know, in the arena, as you said, around fans after taking that punch from the Ajax. It was definitely the biggest breakout moment, I think, in the women's division, in the WWE, in quite some time. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, I wanted to say, I mean, we're doing this because of the whole breakout with Wheeler Yuta. I think we'd all agree the most famous one would be one, two, three kid over Razor Ramon. That's an, uh, that's definitely one for sure. Absolutely. And, and Dave, uh, what you think would be the breakout moment for this show? For you? Ooh, wow. Uh, to me, uh, it would probably be the 10-year anniversary party. I think that's when uh, I realized how popular the show was and how much you guys have given to the show to see a, a, a sold out crowd uh, in New York City. To, like Bully talks about it all the time, approaching, approaching Habanero Blues in New York and seeing the line of people around the corner. And, and I'm thinking at the time, oh, shit, there's another event happening next to our event because I never would have imagined. And then, you know, kind of, you know, selfishly kind of sticking it up the ass of some of the executives that never really believed uh, in this show and some of them being present in the bar that day to me, that was, a, and, and, and think about it. That was the start of the, the LaGreca head, you know, like you never, that was the first time that we saw a LaGreca head in the audience. It, it, I think for me and, and Tommy Bully and Mark, I think you would agree that was a, a very special moment in the history of this show. Uh, I definitely agree. And I think the most recent breakout moment for this show is having a billboard in Times Square Woo! that was one block long with all of our faces on it. Think of it. Think of all the shows and channels on yeah. Sirius XM and we were on that billboard. We were on that billboard because of the relationship that we have with our fan base and what we have been able to create on this 
show. I think that it, the, it cannot be downplayed how big of a deal it is to have a billboard in New York City the size of one city block. I think that's a major breakout moment for this show in recent memory. It is. And I, I hope that we can also get Dave LaGreca in all of those Sirius XM commercials. Uh, I don't have to ever be in it, but Dave deserves to be in those advertisements over brand, off brand. You know, you got a Kevin Hart commercial with stars from every channel. Busted Open is not represented in that commercial, and it should be. I agree. And, and, and thank you. I appreciate that, Mark, but it's a team effort. You know, you, Mark and, and Tommy and Bully, you guys, I, it, it takes a team to order in order to accomplish this. This show is on for many, many years. And, you know, this, no disrespect to obviously Doug Mortman, who was a founding father of this show and my co-host for a long, long time. But I think this team of the four of us has really garnered some great heights, not only at Sirius XM, but in radio in general. So, uh, that was our biggest breakout moment for sure. Uh, I'm sure other people have other ones. If you do, keep the conversation going at Busted Open Radio. Give us your biggest breakout moment that you feel deserves to be on this list. Make sure that you listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And we'll talk to you next week right here. The Masters Prize on the Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.